Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by uh, an MCC member who was in the pavilion when it was all kicking off with the Australians after that dismissal of Johnny Bairstow. Uh, John Fingleton, fingers to his friends, is a bit of a legend uh, in the the MCC. And uh, he told us what went on, what he witnessed and what he thought of it all. It was interesting. We uh, played some clips of the week pewter from 2000, sorry about that, 2000. <laughs> spat on Rufus's <laughs> hand. Spat on our producer. <laughs> you apologise, mate. It was the word pewter. Sorry about that. It's not, it's disgusting. It's like Bob Carroll G's. So we did that and then they were quite good. They were very good, actually. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. fun, yeah. And what else? We had a chat. Oh, yeah, we had a chat. And uh, Rich Shea, who oh, is yeah. the... Joint boss of uh, Major League Eating. They've, tomorrow they've got the World Hot Dog Eating Championships, Coney Island in New York, and uh, he set the scene for us. And there is talk of a British competitor that we all know in next year's competition. So mm. here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Breaking news from Lords. It's oh, very yeah. exciting. Australian wicketkeeper Alex Carey will be delivering this year's MCC Spirit of Cricket lecture. Yes, <laughs> tremendous. Uh, that would be quite a curveball, wouldn't it? Um, on Saturday evening, my uh, youngest yeah. son was uh, was around. My wife was out, and so we watched the uh, the last session mm. of the cricket together. And then he said, "Have you watched the second series of the Test?" And I said, you know, I haven't yet. So he said, we'll just have to watch one of them. So he made that great mistake because they, they all come across as such likeable blokes, mm. including Alex Carey, who's in there. And you kind of, you see them as human beings and you, you want that distance, especially when something happens like yeah. it did yesterday. But, uh, yeah. I thought it was poor, you know. It, it, but the letter of the law, I've heard all that. Yes, he was out, no question about yeah. it. But, you know, a lot of people are unhappy about it. I was unhappy about it. Just a bit of a grubby wicket. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just worse. You know, You've got to do that. It's not worth winning, I feel. I was at the point where I just thought, why don't we all walk off now? If that was a league game, Middlesex Division 4, I'd have said, let's all walk off and give them the win. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what's, the, what's the point? The jeopardy's slightly no, higher. But there's no point playing when, it, you play, when it's, it's like that. It felt worse than a man can, didn't it? Because, well, there's, no because there's no advantage being played. The, the boy's effectively dead, even though yeah. by the letter of the law it's in it the isn't. keeper's gloves. He steps back best, though. He, he moves to talk to... Stokes, no advantage to be gained whatsoever. He, if he was that worried about it, uh, Kerry could have said to him, "Look, you, you know, you, you're stepping out of your crease. If you do it again, I'm going to run you out." Cummings had a great opportunity to look the real hero, the bigger man, and say, "You know, yeah. I, I'm withdrawing the appeal," which would have been great, great for cricket. But look, it's it's a bit of a red herring, though, the Kerry thing, because for me, I, I'm not enjoying the the cricket. I'm not enjoying the way Australia were playing. If you take out Stokes's brilliant innings. That was a really poor test match for me. Really poor. You were thought, there on Saturday, weren't you? I mean, the afternoon I mean, session wasn't boring. great, was it? Yeah. So boring. I thought the way Australia bowled at England when in England fell for it was terrible and the way England re- replied. I just think Australia have lost an opportunity here to come and play. I, I gave you a football analogy. It's like... We're being managed by Pep and they're being managed by Jose Mourinho and Mourinho's tactics are working. Mm. Pragmatism, negate everything the opposition 
does, you know, and that's what they've done from the first ball of the first Test match. They set out not to join England in Paz ball to try and really enthuse and make Test cricket really exciting. You know, they're playing a way that's basically the reason why Test cricket was dying. You know, Kawaja just sitting there and batting and batting and batting. I don't say there isn't a skill in that. There is. But a lot of people don't like it. And one of the reasons people have liked and enjoyed the way England have played, it's been entertaining. And, and there was only one team that made the running in the first game. And really in the second game, England are the only team that are attacking. All that Australia are doing is basically trying to negate what England are doing. It's working. It's worked for them. Yeah, they so, would turn around and say it's winning they're, cricket. They're, they're 2, two nil up. up. But, you know, cricket is the loser. In my view, cricket is the loser. I think there was a great opportunity here for both sides to play really exciting attacking cricket. And only one team wants to do that. But, yeah. you know, it's fine. interesting chatting to our Aussie boss uh, earlier on about it. Obviously, you, everybody's mm. got different takes on it. Listening to Harmy earlier on. Listen, it's interesting, you know, Harmy feels he's out. He, he was daft to do what he, he did. You protect your crease. No, oh, no. no. He was out. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know that. Yeah. It's just, it felt, as I said, a bit of a cheap wicket, didn't it? It just. Was. Left a nasty taste, but then on the you know, then he said to us, our boss, well, "What did you think of the start catch?" And we both said that was out. That was a catch. Yeah. He's in control of the ball. I mean, it was a, some odd decisions going on. I yeah, thought that was far more out than the Smith. Steve Smith one wasn't out. It wasn't out. He, yeah. he was never in control of the ball. If you can apply the same criteria, you also you, you clearly see him ground the ball, Smith, before he controls it. You know, yeah. um, I wasn't happy with it, but I, I just thought you know. It's a pity. I think it's going to make it very for a very lively game on Thursday. Oh, wow, yeah. The Headingley crowd are going to give Australia pelters, and yeah. deservedly so, in my view. You know, I, I thought it was just... Left a bad taste in the mouth, which it didn't need to. And it would have been so brilliant if it had backfired and Stokes had taken England to victory. It would have really served them right. Because it certainly inspired him, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. It was a but brilliant, brilliant it did, innings. It did, but you, if you think about it, he, he also said, you know, I didn't want to get too wrapped up in that. He kind of fed off of it, but mm. it would have broken his concentration. Yeah. He, he couldn't have been doing... He couldn't have done what he did. Uh, you know, Stuart Broad had to do all the chirping. Yeah. You know, it wasn't he's any right, of it. He's right what he said to Kerry. He is. You know, you'll always be remembered for that. Yeah. It's true. That's what he wants. Fine. But he may be also remembered for <coughs> for winning an Ashes series five nil in England. So well, they uh, probably that's, will. that's probably yeah. what they'll turn around and say. Anyway, we are mm. going to chat to mm. the voice of the MCG, Tony Shebeki's going to join us. We'll get some of the fallout from Australia. That was interesting to hear Brad Hogg on mm. breakfast this morning, the former Aussie All Rounder, saying it didn't sit it didn't sit well with him. Uh, and look, it's, we all know it's out. It was Johnny Bairstow was daft. You should protect your wicket. Harmy's absolutely right. And but. I just said it's just how it but sits it with you. You know, it just you know, he, he was it was slightly daft. I mean, he, he put his foot back in the crease. He, he walked towards Stokes. I mean, why would you run him out? Why would you try and run him out at that point? I thought it was just so poor from Carey. You know, why not warn him first? I don't know. Anyway, you know that's the way it is. I didn't didn't sit well with me. I didn't enjoy it. And to be honest, I didn't enjoy the Test match. I enjoyed Stokes's innings. Yeah, but I thought you know a lot the, of the cricket the I short, watched on Saturday. The short was balls, constant barrage of short balls. Yeah. It was really boring. So anyway, we will be uh, crossing to Australia. I wonder what the Headingley wicket's going to be like. What is it traditionally like? Well, traditionally, it's all about the overhead conditions at Headingley. When the ball, when it's cloudy, the ball moves around, so that will help. You know, probably not Anderson who won't play. No, you know, we could have done. You know, we could have done with it. You, know, you saw the difference when you've got real fast bowling. Mm. You know, if we'd had Archer and Wood in this game, it would have been a different matter. Yeah. But we we just can't fight fire with fire. So you would think uh, Wood and Tunnel both stay in, won't they? Oh, You'll they play will, yeah. both of them. They so will. It's Mo and Ali will come back. Yeah. So it's like, was too long, far too long. Yeah. Because we all knew the minute Stokes was it's out, an, that was it. It was done. It's an interesting decision what they have to do with Pope. I know what I'd do. I don't think Pope will play because of his injury. I don't think a bit bit risky. I might be wrong. Um, I'd bring back Folks and move Bear Stokes. I think Folks. Is a very very good batsman as well as a brilliant wicketkeeper. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. That's not about bringing Lawrence in, aren't they? That's more likely yeah, to happen. That'll be a mistake. But there you go. So um, we're interested yeah. to get your take on it. And people have been weighing in uh, all day on this, understandably. But uh, just give us your thoughts. I mean, it seems you yeah, two... just tell us he like the black on breakfast. He was out. Yeah, we yes, know we that. know he was out. Yeah, Thank let's work much. on the basis that we know he was out. <laughs> but there's two schools that either sits uneasily with you or it doesn't. It's yeah. just cricket. It doesn't really matter. But.
Well, Let us know. Talk, oh, no, in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Talksport.com forward slash H&J. <laughs> Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. We're going to have a chat with Tony Shubecki <clears throat> very shortly uh, over in Melbourne and see what the fallout has been there today. Andy Jacobs has got his eye on some jockey silks, haven't you? I would. You're going to bring them into the mainstream for too long. <laughs> You're quite a short man. Frankie de Torre's selling off a lot of his memorabilia. I don't think Frankie's got the same stomach as me. <laughs> you may have to hold it. You may have to wear it. <laughs> This YouTube listeners. Yes, you look at that. Blimey, look. Yeah, it's like the old darts in the 70s look he's gone for. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Fingers, he's known as. John, John Fingers Fingleton. That's right. He's always front and centre. The man, he wears all He wears all the clobber. He's not difficult to spot in the pavilion, Fingers. No, you can't, every time a batsman is out, he has to walk past Fingers. Yeah. So um, all the ex-players who played at Middlesex, like Strauss and Owen Morgan, were saying they'd never known an atmosphere like it. And we saw it was like... In the pavilion, so uh, we'll get an eyewitness. They have been very apologetic, and far too yeah. apologetic. Well, I know. In my view. No, I think it, it was that was pretty over the top. Some of that, and because well, the only the only danger, I think, what they should have done is greeted them with total silence. That would have been more effective. Yeah, to turn their backs on them. Yeah, is that what you would posnan have done? them? You would have posnan. <laughs> Do they, they know what that is in the Lord's <laughs> pavilion? Yeah, I've got a I've got a good cricket story though. Um, oh yeah, play had to be stopped at a cricket match after three horses got through a fence and ran onto the field in Ide in Devon. Yeah. And apparently one of the batsmen went to investigate and the Australian wicketkeeper ran him out. Oh, it's it's a shame, right? isn't it? God. Would you believe it? What a fancy having an Australian wicketkeeper down there. It's almost like you made that up for the sake of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly true. Uh, I've got some good tennis news. Mm. Tennis news. Uh, for the 16th year running... Rufus the Hawk, and we've got Rufus with us today, actually, yes. will patrol the skies over Wimbledon as the official bird scarer. Yeah. Uh, tasked with frightening off pigeons that might disrupt matches. Uh, he's a Harris Hawk. I don't know if yeah. he's a Ron Harris Hawk. He puts them all in Rosette. <laughs> I think he does. The Ron <laughs> Harris Hawk, I think he does. Uh, on the tennis front, mm. if you saw this, uh, Jodie Burridge, uh, young um, yes. wildcard player, mm. she was rewarded for last week's kind-hearted act with a tennis uh, clash with Percy Pig. Um, she was giving out Percy Pig sweets to all the ball boys and ball girls, and it went down well. And the company that makes them saw this. The makers of the pig-shaped gummies, as the, the son said. Not at all opportunistic or anything they like that. They got in touch with uh, Jodie, and um, mm. Percy Pig came along and had a little hit with her, played a little oh, bit I of know. tennis. And it says it's a lot about... Britain's best hope. Well, <laughs> it's already in... The, uh, Percy's in the Davis Cup squad already for the men's team. Well, I think we've got Krakatoa in the next round. We're in about Division 12, I think, at the moment. So, um, it's fantastic. Well done to Percy. There's always sort of a lot of um, interest in the British players. Mm. And uh, uh, Brit ace Kate Bolter hopes her competitive relationship with her boyfriend Alex de Minor can propel her to Wimbledon glory. Yeah. Well, it's not going to, is it? Well, to be honest. Well, it might do. Well, it won't do. Well, you know, <laughs> what, what about Greece? What about um, Emma oh, yeah, Raducanu? About... Anything can happen, Honestly, can't it? One of the things that you sort of I find annoying about Wimbledon is it's people who like Wimbledon aren't people who really like sport. Mm. So, uh, for example, look at the celebs that will be there this week. Anna Winter, editor of Vogue, she'll be going... I think, no, yeah. I, I, she feathers some Rovers season ticket holder. <laughs> she loves the darts. She, yeah, <laughs> love the Harriet dart. <laughs> yeah, she loves Harriet yeah, dart. Um, it's rubbish, isn't but, it? Yeah, so that would be mm. good. Anna Winter. Yeah, we won't take her seriously as a sports fan unless we've seen her watching like Sunday morning football, uh, watching a bit of rugby league. Sitting in that box at Warrington with yeah. Stuart Pierce watching it all so. unfold. Take your glasses, Pierce. He's saying, take your glasses off. You won't be able to see the game. Take your dark glasses off. It's eight o'clock at night it? in Warrington. And people write the, they always write the same sort of letters every year. This one's uh, to the Daily Star. Mm. Don't put Wimbers on every channel. BBC will no doubt be showing boring tennis on all channels again. Total waste of money. Even the weather comes from there. I don't even know what that last bit means. Even the weather comes from <laughs> I don't there. Know what that what does that means? mean? No idea. But look, mate, you've got a choice of about another seven. 798 channels. I'm yeah. sure you'll find something to watch. Yeah, you may struggle. I don't know. Um, oh, uh, how many... Uh, your phone's on, Andy. It's going off. No. Um, hold on. It's people texting me about the cricket. So oh, OK. Fair enough. Um, so Cliff Richard is on standby. <laughs> that explains it. Feel well. free to turn oh, the no, volume turn off. off. That's yeah, all. that's true. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, yeah, uh, so Cliff Richard is on, st <laughs> on standby yeah. after forecasters warned it could be the wettest Wimbledon for 12 years. I love the idea that he's waiting to go on and say yeah. congratulations. He's just sitting at home. <laughs> Cliff, no, I'm sorry. I'm on standby. 
die at Wimbledon. That would be a very strange thing. Um, how many strawberries in a punnet? How many did you get? Well, that's the interesting thing because... Well, it's not that interesting. Well, it is but... because they've been frozen for the... Not the strawberries, yeah. the prices, yeah. for 13 years in a row. So they're saying here at Wimbledon, if you're going, it's £2.50 for a punnet. But I don't know if a punnet is two or ten or five or... It depends on the size well, of the punnet. I think, punnet, I think the fact that they've held the price for 13 years would suggest that they've reduced the amount. I don't know this. I could be right. Okay. You're you more know, earnest about them. this than you are the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> many, maybe somebody in the fruit and veg game can tell us how You'd many strawberries to, in a punnet. To keep the price the same, they would have to reduce the There number. might be someone at Wimbledon today uh, watching that and listening mm. to us. Blimey, get a life. But if you are, um, we'd love to know if you've had some strawberries, how many you got in a punnet. Um, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet Uh Andy Murray's daughter, Sophia, calls him Andy Murray to wind him up. Doesn't call him dad sometimes when she wants to get under his skin uh, my four kids uh, no that's, that's, that's we've done that one I'll get rid of that one um, my grandson calls me Frondon um, <laughs> no one knows why says uh, Alan on the M25 what did you, I, I'd ask um, my daughter gave up with dad years ago and opted for my first name Ross when I stopped responding to that she opted for calling me Homer Sadly, I actually find myself responding to that <laughs> rather than uh, the first name. Oh, this is this is a reverse on that. Heggy says, uh, when I lived back home with my parents, I used to regularly go to the pub with my late dad. He insisted on me calling him by his first name, Baz. So if anyone asked him, he could say, oh, that's my older brother. No one was fooled. And uh, I never called him dad after that. So look, we are not alone in this. Calling mum and dad things uh, away from mum and dad. Do let us know. Talksport.com, text 1889 Tweet to TS H and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It was interesting when the uh, players returned to the pavilion yesterday afternoon. Mm. Uh, the booing of the of the Australian players. The booing really from the point of the Bearstow dismissal, mm. and then to see it carry on into the long room was just so alien. I, wasn't I wasn't it? surprised. I expected. I thought they were going to get a hard time. It was so close to the interval. I thought the feelings were running high, you know, and all right, they shouldn't have done it, probably. Yeah. Well, they probably definitely shouldn't have done it, and the MCC apologised. But, you know, you can understand it. It was, you know, in certain sense. I mean, some people think it's fine. Other people will think it wasn't fine, and the people who thought it wasn't fine weren't happy about it. We had uh, Owen Morgan, former Middlesex player, Andrew Strauss, likewise spent a lot of time playing cricket uh, at Lords for England and for their county, saying they had never witnessed Lords like that. They'd certainly never witnessed the long room like that. So what about the members? Uh, we thought we would turn to a long-serving member of the MCC, a familiar uh, face and sight with, uh, with, with the blazer. Mm. Uh, it is John Fingleton. Good afternoon, Fingers. Good afternoon, Chapman. How are we doing? All right? We're not yes, too good. bad. So, I mean, what was it like, Fingers, there yesterday? I mean, have you had, ever witnessed anything quite like that? It was a very, very sad day for cricket at almost every level. The game was brought into dispute. The membership of the MCC was brought into dispute. Really irritating is it was so unnecessary. Yes. Being avoided. We get, fingers, we're going to try and get you back on a slightly better line if yeah, we can bit, because yeah. it is breaking up quite a lot and it's a bit faint. So yeah. um, let's, I know he's, he's there today. I don't even know there's a game on. No, I think this is. I think his point is well made. It wasn't a great look for cricket either, whatever no, way you stand on it. And it I just think Cummins, you know, it would have been so much better if he'd called him back. He would. He would have. He would have had so many plaudits. Everybody would. They still would have won the game. They would yeah. have done. I know. think. I th- sorry, fingers. I think we've got we've got you back. Let's hope we're on a slightly better line. You were saying you felt all round it was a it was a sorry day for cricket. It was absolutely that. I mean, the cricket was a sorry. Sorry, the MCC members were, in, in some cases, behaved disgracefully. Uh, I'm not proud of my fellow members. Not the ones who got identified on the video, you know, attacking physically and verbally attacking the Australians. But it was also avoidable. That's what was so tragic about it. So where where do you stand on it uh, well, in the, as an actual incident? I thought, I thought that, um, I mean, I've known Johnny Bairstow since he was a kid, and he's a great guy, and he's a great cricketer. But the fact is, if he has done it before, then it's a bit naughty. There's a suggestion that he did it twice and that over. But the fact is, if you look at the film, the umpires were handing, the umpire was handing the hat to the bowler, the square leg umpire was walking in, he might not have actually used the word over at that point, but it was quite clear that the over was over. 
And it was Johnny, I think, was, he wasn't trying to steal a run. He was going up to talk to his partner. And that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And I think that the Australians were over as overzealous. Kerry was overzealous in trying to get him out. But on the other hand, it would have been easy and saved so much trouble if the skipper had um, come in and withdrawn the appeal. Mm-hmm. So all he needed to do was draw the appeal. I mean, you know, 32,000 people at Lords, most of whom are British and not English, not the sort of people you want to upset against Australia. <laughs> so the atmosphere, have, fingers... I, I was saying he would have hmm. had a lot of plaudits for doing that. It would he would have, have done, yeah, absolutely. So the atmosphere in terms of what it was like in the aftermath when you were sitting there watching the mm-hmm. game and all the well, fellow I, members I, around I made, my, I made my own protest, which was that I stood up, as they, I, I clapped the England batsmen in, and as the Australians came in, I turned round and was silent. Right. And that was my form of protest. Mm. That's what I they should have done. I wasn't going to applaud it? them, and I didn't mm. want to face them. Mm. And that's what everyone should have done. You know, if you mm. remember both of them in, was it 1981? I mean, he stood ankles with him about the silence. There is nothing more poisonous to an opposition or anyone coming in than completing total silence. Yeah, it would have been so more effective. You you were probably still in your seat as the players came in. And Indeed so as, was, yeah. as they yeah. go into the long room, I take it you're hearing secondhand that there's been incidents uh, and there's... You could probably I, hear the I, knew nothing, I knew mm. nothing about the incidents in the long room until I saw him on television last night, except that the, the chief executive, Guy Lavender, had come and had a chat with me just to tell me what had been going on. But I didn't see any of it because I was sort of... Right. I'm rather immobile these days, so mm. I hadn't gone into the long room anyway. And you, but you say you were shocked when you when you heard what happened. You saw what happened last night. You were shocked at at, at the sort of level of it. Uh, well, I was yes, I was shocked and I was disappointed. It was not the way an MCC member should have behaved. You know, they should have had other ways of expressing their opinions without shouting, screaming, or in some cases, using the. I don't know if they were using physical violence or not, but there were apparently worse scenes on the staircase. And of course, I think to some extent the Australians. I'm told that Warner was egging them on. You know, he's a good stirrer. He'll always stir a pot if there's one to be stirred. Mm, that's true. You you saw of every ball you were there. I mean, what did you make uh, of the, the, the sort of short pitch bond from both sides? It wasn't, well, it wasn't very edifying, like was it? it. Both, yeah. that, that afternoon and the previous afternoon, to see nine fielders on the boundary and no one bowling a Yorker, just bowling short pitch balls. And it just wasn't cricket, as the expression goes. It certainly wasn't test cricket. It was maybe village cricket, but it was not test cricket, and that's not the way the game should be played. Mm, I agree with that. I mean, I was appalled by that. It was just ridiculous. And seeing runs not taken, because uh, when, um, what's his name, came out, the lion came out to bat, you know, and just not taking runs, he should never really have come out to bat again. It was ridiculous. There was a suggestion, uh, which I'm told has been countermanded, that, he was going to do it so he could get hit on the head, no. and then he'd be allowed to substitute. <laughs> that would be terrible. I was thinking that yesterday when Jimmy got hit. Jimmy, I was thinking if he goes down yeah. with con- concussion, we can bring Chris Wokes on. Yeah. That would have been good. Absolutely. <laughs> we, were, we, we were thinking you know, that we could have brought on um, Wokes or uh, or um, uh, yes, uh, folks as well. Perhaps. Yes, I uh, suppose. Yeah, whoever, whoever yeah. that would have been I'm good. Not, I will make one other comment. Though, mm. The fact is, if the incident had never happened. My, well, I can never prove this, but my suspicion is that we wouldn't have come within 42 runs of winning. No, I think you're right. I absolutely agree with you. Because mm-hmm. it, it got Stokes going for the most amazing innings. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, I, I, I don't know how we'd have, how much we'd have been beaten by, but at one stage it was a question of whether it was going to be over or under 200, and suddenly mm-hmm. it was 42. So, look, you're a very traditional cricket fan, uh, Fingers, and you've watched loads and loads of test cricket all around the world. What do you, what do you make of Basball? You're a fan of, of the approach? I love the concept. I love the concept because I, I'm, I mean, I'm quite an old man now and I've got a horrid feeling that in 20 years' time, test cricket won't exist <clears throat> because it's being destroyed by the white ball game. And I think that if you can find a combination of the two, which to some extent Basball is, that might be the way of keeping test cricket going. Mm-hmm. At the moment, there's no real crowd for test cricket except between England, Australia, and and, and India. Yeah. You know, when I've been used to go and watch test cricket in South Africa, hardly anyone turned up for test matches. They pour in for white ball cricket, and I just think that's terribly sad. You know, and I would, if basketball is a way of keeping test cricket going, then I'm all for it. But 
But, you know, you have to control these things. And, and just finally going back to those incidents, mm. it, it sounds as if you kind of agree that it's right that while they look into what happened yesterday, your, some of your fellow MCC members should be suspended while, while they have an inquiry into what went on. If, the, if what we read is true or hear is true, there should certainly be retribution. Mm. How, whether it's suspension, expulsion or ticking off, I don't know. It's up to others, not me, to make that decision. Mm. But certainly there shouldn't be... You can't just say it never happened. Fingers good <clears> to talk <throat> to you. Hopefully we, we will see you in September. We have a David English uh, Memorial match. 3rd of September, they're having a Bunbury's Memorial match for David, for David English. And I'm so thrilled. Brilliant. And I will be there. Yeah, we, we will see you then. Thanks, Fingers. Thank Thanks, Fingers. Thanks. Great. Bye. There we are. There's John Fingers yeah, and their MCC member there, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's right, you know, he was a pretty it's why, it's why He's said, not defending what no, what some of the members did. There, and it's so. why I said what I said at the start of the show, forget Kerry, I, I've been disappointed with the Australian approach. This was a great opportunity to, you know, both teams to really play proper cricket. And it's all Australia have done, and very successfully, is negate yeah. what England do. The thing is, that, you know, England have been working to this, this approach and honing it and mm. this mindset. And Australia haven't. Australia, I mean, they are the world test champions. Well, they, they could have done this. They chose deliberately, as a Jose Mourinho team would do, to be defensive, be negative. They chose, they thought, they've looked at it and thought, if we take them on, we could lose. If we play this way, we're probably yeah. going to win. So what's more... I mean, you know, the fact that we're 2-0 down bothers you. You'd rather be winning 2-0, wouldn't you? Would you rather be winning 2-0 at any cost? No. Or? No. No, definitely not. I mean, definitely what would be the point? There's no, there's no point. We all know Test cricket's in problems and it's been so wonderful the last year to see the way England have approached it. And it and it, it gave Test cricket an opportunity to succeed and be successful, you know. We'll see what happens the rest of the but series. But Fingers is right to an extent, isn't he? It doesn't matter how Australia play, how England play, you'll always sell out Ashes tests. The Ashes have, have kind of, they live a life separate from that. Well, um, yes, I suppose so, but eventually, well, it depends, you know. It's, it's just, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the series. And, yeah. uh, it will be spicy on Thursday. But if you see a lot, of, if you're going to see this short pitch bowling, what it'll do is it'll force a change in the laws. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be one short pitch ball and over. Yeah, and that's it. And that'll be a pity. But if the, if both sides abuse this, and fielding, uh, there'll be fielding restrictions yes, and stuff. As it'll well. be uh, you, they, they'll have to change the laws to counter it. And I think that's rather a pity. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, not quite. Uh, it is Clips of the Week Pewter. These are from 2005. As we always explain, mm. if you're new to this, box of old mini discs lying in the corner. What are they? Somebody said. Oh, there's some old Clips of the Week from back in the day. So the producer, the only person in the old country 
who uh, still has a mini disc player, said, "Don't worry, I'll digitise them. He's See if they're any good." Going on eighty, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> so anyway, he used a bit of old tech, and somehow we bring them to you now from those old mini discs. And uh, look, we've not heard them since. He's the curator. We trust him on this. Um, and wh- where should we start? Um, it's with a caller to Paul Brain Turner. But let's go to Gatwick. Graham, good morning. You're on Talk Sport. Graham, good morning. You <laughs> love those ones, <laughs> yeah, don't I you? Do, when yeah. people basically just say their names back. The Graham have a mate from Gatwick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you have a mate from Gatwick. Gatwick. Sticking with PBT, here he is with Mike Parry talking cricket. What is so great about EA's new cricket game? Pablo, well, tell what us. What I can tell you is when I gave you a good old stuffing on it yesterday. Uh, no, no, I don't yeah, agree. Yes, I bowled you out, a no. Yorker. Uh, commentary by the legendary Richie Bernard and Jim Maxwell. Oh, the legendary <laughs> Richie, Richie Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> oh, how can we forget <laughs> Richie Bernard? Experts, eh? Here's Ray Helton throwing to the travel. Monique, how is the roads looking? Uh, well, uh, at the moment, uh, we'll start off uh, with some problems that we've got uh, at the moment in uh, uh, Somerset on the M5 southbound. Thank you very much, Ray. Uh, football legend, Ray, I do believe. Um... <laughs> I'm guessing her scream wasn't coming up, so she was having to waffle a bit before she found out what was happening in Somerset. Football Ray. legend, Ray, I do well, believe. Well, he was a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day... We used to simulcast overnight with SEN Radio in Australia with our old mate Tony Shebeki. Who we spoke to earlier on, yeah. Presenting. And he did come down with a particularly bad case of the year looks. Yeah, look. Good evening to all our listeners over there through the UK on TalkSport. And uh, look, no, look, it, it was a, a bit of a... Uh, there was definitely signs of paddock throughout the press and the media and uh, also through the public down here in Australia. So, yeah, look, uh, I suppose everybody does... Uh, he was politely asked not to stand uh, across the pitch when he did so. Yeah, look, he can be a little bit intimidating, Shane Warne. Uh, so I suppose what he does is OK. But, yeah, look, he has been... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I yeah, mean, look. you know, we, yeah, look or no look, isn't it, really? It's, uh, well, I think we've played that. I think that was a little quiz we had going at one good, point. Uh, golf chat now with Mike Parry and Paul Breen-Turner. A caddy's essential to talk you around it. I played Valderrama and they, it was essential. Valderrama. That was a song, wasn't it? Uh, I think that was uh, Desperado. Desperado, actually, but, something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. One of his worst there. That certainly is. Call her to our much missed former late night presenter, Mike Dickin, now. Rochester, Daphne, good morning to you. Hello, I've Daphne. I've bitten to death by so many insects, I don't know whether it's all of them or. Quite which I've been in the garden, of course, and I live near the river Medway. Oh dear! And it could be little black flies. It oh, could be terrible. And I don't know whether to put my carb on or vinegar or quite what to do. No vinegar goes on chips normally, Daphne. <laughs> there we are, girl, Daphne. I mean, it's not the lady killers. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't it? Mike Dickin. Of course, it was Mike Mendoza. Mike Mendoza. It was. Uh, yeah, you but got that, completely that was wrong. beautiful. Beautiful work there by uh, from the lady killers. This is uh, Alan. Her, this is Alan Brazil alongside Beaky with a bizarre clip. I think uh, looking through the papers and spying a survey. I leave the country with less than a third of a third of a three quarter, excuse me, of a tank of petrol. Leave the country with less than three quarters of a tank of petrol. Import porn. There's another one. Slip the old tatler, whatever it oh, is, yeah. Beaky. Yeah, yeah. Slip the old tatler. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of porn in tatler. <laughs> well, I, 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 well, it's posh people, isn't it? <laughs> I, do, I know that was. That's where Helen obviously in those days that was the magazine he took. <laughs> so what's next? Are things were getting a, a bit racy on the breakfast show as this caller demonstrates. I live in Ware in Hertfordshire, actually, and I went for a, a bike ride with my missus all the way down the Lee Valley to Enfield. Oh, lovely. And uh, we had a nice little picnic and a bit of slap and tickle by the river, and yeah, it, was, really. uh, it was very nice, boy. That, that, sounds, that sounds a bit better, to be honest, Andy. Up the old A10 there. Well, there we are. Uh, I don't know if he meant that or not. Sticking with breakfast. <laughs> and they got on to the subject of uh, who's the greatest sports person ever. All right. You reckon Beckenbauer, Beaky? Mm. Uh, Cruyff should be in there as well. Uh, cycling, it's got to be Lance Armstrong, hasn't it? Uh, boxing, who is the best? Was it Muhammad Ali? Was it Cassius Clay? Well, who knows? <laughs> if you like the young Ali, I guess it's it's the latter, really. It's fantastic, isn't it? Let's get back to that discussion with Big Al. Yes. But how good is Armstrong? Look, look, look. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Lance because he's fought back from dying, hasn't he? 
I don't know if he actually... <laughs> that, that's, that's tough. That's a difficult thing miracle, to... Almost, <laughs> but not quite. Uh, back to the calls, Evan, and Paul Breen-Turner once again. Let's go to Dorset. Trevor, you're on TalkSport. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Hi. Yeah, hi, Trev. Um, lifelong Chelsea fan, have been for years. <laughs> I think the, you didn't need to say the second bit, really, did you, Trev? <laughs> yeah. And finally, Andy. It's Derek Tomo Thompson, live at the racing on Celeb Watch. Now, I have heard that Woody Allen... And I have heard that Scarlett Johansson, and I have also heard that Hugh Jackman are around tonight. Now, we're looking over here, and they're filming some sort of film at the races. Listen, you're probably busy. Can we have a quick chat? Uh, who would like to have a quick well, chat? Woody. Uh, well, Woody Allen. Could you? I, and think, also, I think he's in the middle of... Uh, don't worry, just tell him Tomo's here. Could, could you ask Woody, just say Tomo's here, for a quick chat about the races? Yeah, What's your name? The wrong, it's Finn, you're actually speaking Finn. to the wrong person. Can you, bring, can you bring, tell him Tomo's here and Mickey Quinn? Oh, Mickey Quinn will get him out. If Tomo doesn't do it, Mickey Quinn will get him out. Was it Woody Allen? In what sense would Woody Allen be swayed by that? Well, that just says Tomo's there, and um, with you know, he maybe says, "What Tomo from uh, Channel Four Racing?" I'm, I'm not coming out for him. Mickey Quinn's here, formerly a cough. Oh, I'll come out for Quinn. So many goals. Yeah. <laughs> Was that your Woody Allen? No, not really. It's okay. Just a, 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 an American. Anyway, and um, finally, we have got one more. We're going to finish uh, with the travel. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Let's start with West Lothian. There are delays for the M8 after an accident eastbound at Junction 3 for Livingston. Cumbria, the M6, still seeing two lanes closed. There's recovery work underway. This is after an earlier accident southbound between junctions 40 and 39. All those lanes are not going to be open until, excuse me, I've got hiccups, uh, between 1 and 2 o'clock this afternoon. Let's go to the M25, which is still queuing, surprisingly, after this earlier multi-vehicle accident. Anti-clockwise between the Clackett Lane services and junction 5. So we've got queues round towards junction 7 at Gatwick Airport. Still long delays so it's probably worth avoiding actually and also slow clockwise between junctions four and six at, excuse me at godstone let's go to the m3 now one lane blocked uh, a serious accident at that point northbound between junctions four and three for back bag shot and light water so at the moment we've got you, you knew. <laughs> you just knew that the longer it went on, you thought there's another one coming. <laughs> that's that's good. You got a feel for it, haven't you? Oh, that's that's typical, such a really. Yeah. Bill, the city fans, is not sure they're actually pewter. There were some belters there. No, well, yeah, there were some no, good ones. I feel, that. I feel sometimes you devalue these well, fine look, clips. Well, they're, you know, we, we, there's a dross in there, but you know, most they're not of curated pretty... to such an extent. You know, they're no, just basically a, a month well, on. You know, we used for. to find them ourselves. We wouldn't have put them in there if we didn't think they were good. I, I always think they're quite fun. They weren't bad. Not too bad, actually. Too bad. One famous clip. Uh, exactly. So, uh, we'll have some more saw, for you next Monday. I don't know if you saw this in the paper today. It's mm. a great mm. ad. Big advert. It says, uh, from a small town in Norway to a record-breaking 52-goal season and the historic treble. Don't miss this special new club publication, the Erlen Harland story. No, you're right. <laughs> Wait, you're not the target audience, are you? No, but <clears> need, there's <throat> about 90% of people who read the paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not interested in his story? No. Fair enough. Not at all. Okay. Uh, this one was... You just want him to stop st scoring goals, don't you, really? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I admire him. He's a mm. terrific player. Um, this bloke, Slurper from Aylesbury... Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it, he's written to the Sun. This is not the New York star. Review of Books. I'm the star. <laughs> yeah, OK, fair enough, yeah. Uh, darts at the pub uh, darts... Uh, semicolon. At the pub darts uh, night, I needed Shanghai to win my game. Hit the treble, then the single, but couldn't manage the double. Who cares? Why would you write that in? That's a brilliant letter. Give that man £50. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Um, the stars aligned this time last year, mm. and I was able to be in New York when uh, the World Hot Dog Eating Championships took place. Coney Island. Yeah, so I was envious of you. I think I saw you and spotted you in the crowd. Yeah, we were on the. We mm. made the. We made the ESPN always yeah. do an hour's uh, highlights. Uh, I love the coverage. Yeah, it is fantastic. So, um, the man who uh, is, is just the governor of this particular sport, Jerry Chestnut. He's won fifteen out of the last sixteen. His record is seventy-six. Hot dogs and buns. He always looks so ill after the competition. I feel for it. Well, it takes a lot out of you. It's a bit like you know, a marathon runner at the end, <laughs> I would think. Anyway, here to tell us more, man, you've uh, seen uh, on the uh, coverage on ESPN, if you check it out every year, it is the co-founder and president of Major League Eating, Richard Shea. Good afternoon, Richard. 
Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Yes, that was a, that was a great honour and a privilege to to be there and watch the guys uh, and girls in action because there is a, a women's competition. We'll come on to that in a minute. That goes first, but yeah. the the men's competition is uh, is at top of the bill. Um, well, give us a little bit of the history. It's Nathan's famous Fourth of July International Hot Dog Eating Contest. Of course, how long's it been going for? Well, so the oral history brings it all the way back to the first year Nathan's was open. So it started by a guy named Nathan Handworker on the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues in uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, back in 1916. So as the story goes, uh, the first contest was back in 1916 on July 4. There were a number of uh, immigrants to the U.S. trying to prove who was the most patriotic. And a guy named Jim Mullen, an Irishman, uh, ate 13 Nathan's hot dogs and buns for the first ever title. Wow, and wow. it's still it's come a long way since then. It's still held on the corner of Surf and St- I didn't know what to expect when I turned up, but there it is. It's just in the street. Obviously, it's very well policed, but um, there is a kind of you can you can sort of stand back, you can stand at the sides, hmm. but there is a kind of splash zone. You can get quite up close and personal and watch watch everybody in action, can't you, Rich? Yeah, so the the early the early sort of railbirds get there as early as seven a.m. They start lining up, uh, so that the diehard fans. Uh, so when we do the crowd fill uh, around 10 a.m., that that area in front of the stage, as you mentioned, the spray zone does get mm. does get full very quickly. Uh, and then, as you've seen or you were there, it spreads out into the street. So mm. it's not a gate. It's not a ticketed event, but we get about 30, 35,000 uh, people there every year. Yeah, I, I love watching the program. They show it on BT normally. And I love the build up and the way it's covered is so clever. It's exactly like a mainstream major league sport, which is what it is, which is what it is. But the <laughs> absolutely well, it, what it is, well, it isn't. <laughs> we don't know but it, um, but I do find the actual thing when they're consuming the hot dogs. It's quite difficult to stomach, literally. <laughs> it's harder for them. It, it's harder for them. I think it's I think it's physical poetry to be honest, and uh, I'm a lover of the game. I couldn't do it myself. I'm a social eater, but uh, to see Joey down, you know, you know, look, there's been a lot of talk lately about how tech is going to be the end of humanity, you know. But if you find a chat, find me a chatbot that can eat 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes, and then I'll buy into this AI. No, no AI could. The there is British representation. Um, there's a guy from Leeds whose name I've forgotten who competed last year. Who's a, a kind of Adam YouTuber. Moran. That's right. Adam yeah. Moran mm. calls him. So he's got a big beard. He calls himself Beard Meets Food. We have uh, <laughs> we have a, a couple guys from Japan coming in. Uh, Max Suzuki and a, and a newcomer who I've never been able to watch compete. Uh, we did have a scratch. Ricardo Carbucci from Brazil. Sadly, uh, it was a scratch. He couldn't iron out his visa, but it's it's definitely an international contest. Yeah. yeah. How, when, do, how do people? Sorry, Paul. How hmm. do people uh, get to enter? I mean, if anybody's listening now and thinks, "Yeah, I've got a good appetite," you know, I could I could do something. I guess you've got to get you've got to be on the circuit, though, haven't you? Really? I mean, it's, it's not. Well, invitation. yeah. So we hmm. we do have a circuit. So we do. It's primarily in the U.S., but we're going to be in Chelsea in the U.K. on August twenty sixth. Wow. So if any of your listeners want to give it a shot, just have to visit majorleagueeating.com. We'll have a a qualifying event for next year's oh, contest great. in Coney Island. So wow. if, if you were to go to Celsi uh, on August 26th and compete um, at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest on the water there, uh, and you win, you get a trip to Coney Island for the 4th on 24. Oh, that would be fantastic. Okay, okay. and this yeah. is your chance. No, no, we'll be sending uh, Ian. We, we do Abrams. have someone, Ian Abrahams, that we feel Rich could be could be quite the competitor. Um, let's, let's, let's sign him up. He's yeah. got a spot right now. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll tell him getting Ian. down to Chelsea. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. you're part of the TV coverage of this, Rich, but your your brother George is the ringmaster. I mean, it, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an incredible, mm. it's a James Brown-like performance. It's very hot. He's got a jacket. He's got a hat. He's kind of effectively talking and rapping and keeping the crowd going. I, I'm just in awe of him for about two, two and a half hours plus, really. keeping. It's 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 a sensational performance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I had to grow up with him, so I'm less <laughs> in awe. Uh, but no, it's we're always trying. We're in the ESPN booth trying not to laugh, and then inadvertently we start laughing during those, those introductions because they are legendary. Yeah. The hyperbole of, I mean, mm. you wouldn't call it that, but there is. It's just, a, and then that I moment. Like that when they list the previous, he's the world gherkin champion. Yes, as well. there's like, other things they've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Well, then Joey is shown, to the, everybody is introduced, and then Joey Chestnut, the governor, yeah. of course, uh, it kind of is, is raised on a platform above mm. the crowd, I think, mm. to Kashmir by Led Zeppelin or the equivalent. He, he is taking part this year. He hasn't retired or anything. Oh, no. I mean, this no, is. No, Joey, mm. Joey's in the city. Uh, 
right now uh, we're doing a, what we call the weigh-in, which is a welcome for the eaters at a place called Hudson Yards. And uh, so lots of media today. And then tomorrow he'll be going for his 16th. As you said, he's, he's won 15 of the past 16 events. Yeah. Uh, and he's looking for a record 16th. And he told someone at Sports Illustrated he wants to eat 80 hot dogs. Wow. It'd be great he, if he just popped out for a hot dog while he's waiting. Well, you, you had to, we've had these issues with uh, pressure groups here at sporting events. And, uh, yeah, you had, you had an interloper appear on the stage. And uh, it did remind me of um, the, the time that Keith Richard hit a guy with his guitar when he came on the stage. And Joey was not not for messing around when oh, someone yeah, no, turned that, up yeah. in his place of work when he was when he was in the middle of it. Yeah, he didn't skip a beat, and uh, the protester, it's, that should not have happened, and hopefully it won't ever happen again. But yeah. uh, he didn't skip a beat, but he was able to put that protester down quickly and then return to his dogs. It was a, it was a, it was a kind of a major moment in, in the history of our sport. It was, and it did throw him. I think he admitted that, and he wasn't quite on it uh, last year, but to go for 80. So that's that's the target uh, tomorrow, yes. It'd be great if he turned up and said, I'm, I'm vegan now, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> this little well, Nathan's Famous does have a vegan hot dog, but oh, we haven't used yeah, it. Yeah, that could be good. Maybe he could go for that. And we should mention Mickey Sudo as well, who uh, who is the, the current women's champion. That's, I mean, she's it, it, she's not quite as dominant as uh, Joey Chestnut, but still still the what one to be. Sonia Thomas. Sonia the Black Widow Thomas mm. doesn't compete anymore, I, t- I don't think, Rich. Sonia has retired, which mm. is too bad. She was really my favourite female eater of all time, mm. is, is my favourite female eater of all time. I was with her in New Orleans, Louisiana. She ate 48 dozen... Uh, oysters at the Acme Oyster Eating Contest. Wow, just eight that's minutes. tremendous. Eight minutes. So she was she was a, just a, an absolute force. But yeah, Mickey is now the top ranked female. She's won eight belts out in Coney Island, so she'll be going for another title tomorrow and probably yeah, all but unchallenged. I think Mickey. Wow. Okay. And just finally, what does Joey have for breakfast? Uh, what, the, the day of the contest. What does he does he have a pre match meal, uh, Rich? I don't <laughs> think he's doing the full English. I think he. Uh, <laughs> I think he comes in. He comes in hungry. Good stuff. <laughs> well, I hope it all goes well, every bit as well as, as last year, which I really enjoyed. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll report back to the listeners. And uh, it's on ESPN. Uh, the the highlight show will that be tomorrow? I take it they turn it around. Yeah. Quickly. So it's on ESPN. It's on ESPN two live in the US at noon, mm-hmm. uh, and it re-airs. They have Wimbledon as well, so it'll re-air a couple times during the day, and it'll be on ESPN a couple times ESPN news ESPN too so if you turn that that channel on you you won't miss it and uh, and I look forward to seeing you and Ian in uh, in Celsius yeah. The moose. He's known as the moose. All the marketing's the done for you. Yeah. It's a sensation. Yeah, if, if only he could do, we'll see if he can eat hot dogs. Thanks very much Rich. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, it's Rich. Just tuna, there. Yeah, tuna pancakes. Yeah, 12,000 tuna pancakes in eight minutes. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll report back uh, after the event uh, tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, that it's on It's on uh, uh, BT, basically, uh, all the, uh, the, the hours, highlights. I'm not it sure is. if it's on tomorrow. No, it'll be on the following. It's usually the it, following it's, day, I'm It's beautifully sure. put together. Say the hyperbole is something else, as you can imagine. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, there we are. That's how it all unfolded. And the moose. The moose in Coney Island. Wouldn't it be great if he ate one more than Joey Chestnut? Sent him on this career of travelling around the world. Joey Chestnut. (laughs) (laughs) Keep moving, Joey. Let's see if we can get the moose interested. That would be a good feature. See if we can send him down there. Okay, that's us. Um, Do hope you can join us from one tomorrow. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.
the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.